we've left it bone in, so we have our feather bones here. This is the vertebrae, and we've kept all of this so it's going to age better. So you can see the outside. The hunk of meat on the butcher shop counter is brownish, crusty, and about 21 days old. But that's exactly how it's supposed to be. This is dry-aged beef, and Jason Yang, head butcher at Fleischer's Craft Butchery in Brooklyn, is showing me how they make it. So I'm going to throw this on the bandsaw. So you can see that what we had on this side, for example, which didn't look like much, it was just a dried out bark that was actually protecting everything. Here, we have a beautiful steak. Just like fine wine or cheese, high-end cuts of beef might actually be better when they're aged. The meat is supposed to be more tender and flavorful. Although dry aging, the technique that Yang demonstrated earlier, is mostly reserved for artisan butcher shops and fancy steakhouses, actually most of the meat we eat is aged to some extent. It has to do both with how meat is processed and how it contributes to tenderness. Here's Paul Whitman, co-owner and manager of Fisher Brothers and Leslie, a kosher butcher shop in Manhattan. Generally, as meat ages, um, there's a natural breakdown of the cell structure and the lysosomes within the cells have proteolytic enzymes, enzymes which break down proteins. Um, most of the structure of meat is protein molecules, actin and myosin, and as it ages, Gradually, it breaks down the protein structure and makes it more tender. But the aged beef you get in a fancy steakhouse is different to the one you get in a vacuum-sealed package at the grocery store. They've undergone two different aging techniques, dry aging versus wet aging. I'll let Yang explain the difference. So historically, um, any beef that was aged would be dry aged. With the advent of vacuum packaging in the 1960s, there's also wet aging, which is a different process. And so most of the meat today, I would say 90, 99%, I don't know the exact figures, is actually um, wet aged or vacuum sealed before it's shipped somewhere else. And a very small percentage these days is actually dry aged. Dry aged beef is sometimes left for up to a year, although most people prefer meat aged closer to a month. If you're going to leave raw meat lying around for a whole month, it's important for the conditions to be just right, and also very sanitary. Yang says that big pieces of meat with a hefty covering of fat work best, since it minimizes the surface area exposed to air, bacteria, and mold. Temperature is also key. You always want to control the temperature. That's very important. You want to keep it below 41 degrees, because if you have it above 41 degrees, um, pathogens can continue to grow at a higher rate, which you don't want. And you also don't want it to be too low. If you keep it at a freezing temperature, the enzymes stop working and the microorganisms also go dormant and they stop working as well. Yang also moderates humidity and airflow. Too much humidity means too much mold growth and potential spoilage. But if the environment is too dry, the meat loses too much of its water content and the enzymes don't work as well. People pay a lot of money for a dry-aged steak. At Fleischer's, they go for about $33 a pound. Other than tenderness, the aging process also brings out new flavors in the meat, which some people love. So a lot of those proteins, when they break down, will generate certain flavors. The biggest one is what I would just call like a beefy flavor, which is difficult to describe. But when anyone eats beef, they know exactly what that flavor is. Some of the other notes that come out when you're dry aging as well are brown or nutty flavors. People often feel like they have there's like a nutty flavor or a caramel or a toasted popcorn. 
as you start to age further, some of the uh, compounds that break down, some of the amino acids that break down will often give something that's more of a cheese flavor. So you'll often get like a blue cheese flavor, uh, Gruyere or Parmesan. So people like the complexity of these flavors, which is why they often will go towards dry age, whether it's just a stronger, beefier taste or some of the more complex flavors that can evolve. Yang also says that some types of mold can help develop flavors in the meat. But moldy meat? I don't know. Why is it that it doesn't make us sick? I asked Yang. If dry aging is done properly and you are working in a sanitary and clean environment, the meat itself inside is going to be just like the meat if you had something fresh. So people aren't going to be eat, get sick from eating dry if it's been handled properly. So far, we've only been talking about beef. But why do we only hear about aged beef? What's wrong with all the other animals we eat? Yang explains that chicken and fish are naturally more tender to start with, and chicken is more likely to go bad. But people do sometimes age fish and other meat. Yang mentions a few. Hunters will often age wild game. They'll age game birds. Dry-aged duck is something that's very popular these days. Lamb is also something that people can age. Oftentimes people don't age lamb just because they're smaller. Um, and they can spoil a little bit faster, and you're gonna get less yield on a very expensive meat already. People often are aging pork loins as well. I did have the opportunity to taste the dry-aged beef that Yang had showed me in the shop, and I have to admit, I was surprised at how noticeably different it tasted. For some people, the flavor's a little bit overwhelming, but for the people who like it, they love it and can't get enough of it. Thank you to Jason Yang, Paul Whitman, and Dr. Joe Regenstein for sharing their expertise in their craft. And thanks to Jason Shaw for his song, Acoustic Blues. I'm Chloe Williams, and this is Science Line. Science Line.